Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. off for a couple weeks, and uh, of course I have uh, my friends here with me. One of them is the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you? Oh, you know, just uh, ringing in the new year and ready for uh, another good show on 89.1, Kens FM. And I see you graces with a brand new hairstyle. I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's normally a haircut I try to get before a show coming up, and uh uh, it wasn't done by my uh, my my normal uh, artist, as I like to call her. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 similar to what I always get before wrestling shows. So yeah, it's just uh, it's twenty it's forty eight hours old. So well, I do like it. And uh, speaking of wrestling shows, you know we are we are a wrestling show. We started out as that. We've kind of went mainstream here a little bit on eighty nine point one Ken's FM. As you know, we have guests that can range from anywhere from wrestlers to actors to actresses to writers, producers, authors, anything that is mainstream has been on the show. So let's kind of catch everybody up on what's going on. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, unfortunately, Scott Hamm will not be with us tonight because he has a uh, he has one of that you know one of those winter colds going around, so uh, he decided to take uh, the week off, which is fine. But he'll be back with us next week, and we'll be talking to him about uh, the upcoming feature that you and I and he will be uh, involved in, the Black Tent. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Matthias, uh, since we were last on the air, uh, all our football teams have let us down. The Vikings are done. The Bison are done. Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes are done. So I don't know what, uh, now that football is done, I guess really the only thing that we would, I, I don't know if you have a backup team, but I guess the only thing really that we could uh, think about would be the Super Bowl, I would guess. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I mean after after the Vikings got eliminated, I just, I don't really pay attention to football much anymore. Uh, the only time I really do is when the Vikings play. Uh, and since they're out of contention for playoffs and they're just you know out of the out of the season, uh, I'll probably just stick a, stay away from it. And I'll be more focused focusing on uh, WWE, AEW, and uh, the wrestling product to uh, to keep advancing uh, my own skills in the ring. Speaking of the wrestling product, you, you mentioned you got a show coming up. Tell us about that. Uh, next weekend uh, in Owen, Wisconsin, January 13th, Saturday. Uh, I will be at APW's Blizzard Bash 3, uh, where I will be defending my APW World Heavyweight Championship against a man named DeLorean Diggs, and uh, he will be um, he will be my fourth or fifth challenger, I am to believe, uh, for my championship. Uh, I've wrestled multiple people a couple of times uh, for my title. I've had the same opponent a couple of times, um, but DeLorean Diggs will be my next opponent on the 13th, and I will actually be getting a new copy of my World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, we have a new title that just got uh, produced, so I will be winning that, or I will be uh, holding that into the, the main event. So, yeah, just excited for it. We'll have a, we're having a TNA star, a AEW uh, former star, and JTG from the WWE. He will be there, so we'll have three big names come to the show, but it's going to be... It's going to be a great show. Front row is already sold out, so just keep buying tickets and we'll go there. 
And I see that uh, you brought your uh, tag team partner, Ken, <laughs> the engineer, Bartz. Yep. Matthias. Um, what up? I was at a local restaurant uh, having pizza. And the guy challenged him and asked to take on you. Not even close. Okay. Uh, I would suck I was a 10 foot pole. Haircut, by the way, though. Thank you. I appreciate it. He, he's more presentable for the air. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I um, uh, eating pizza, and uh, on the TV, they had the AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would have been Saturday night. Is that a specific event usually that happens on a Saturday night that they televise? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. So this I think it's Rampage. I think it's called Rampage. Is that like, remember, I'm not real big up to date on this stuff. No, you're big. Is that that, uh, kind of like uh, an offshoot of the WWF or any of those earlier ones? Well, um, AEW. Where is that at in in reference to the rest of these? Well, it's it's one of the bigger promotions out there. Um, Currently, you have... You only have like three main promotions out, or four main promotions that people really want to work for. Five of them, I'll say. You want to work for Lucha Underground. You want to work for TNA, AEW, and WWE. Basically, those are the the four main. They're all wrestling. Yep, all wrestling organizations. You got WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, um, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Lucha Underground, uh, TNA, um, Wrestling. So, like, those are the four main promotions that you want to work your way up to. Uh, but, yeah, they're basically uh, WWE's lead uh, competition um, in wrestling. And Matthias would like to get signed with one of those. Oh, that would be great. Well, I... Obviously, there's money involved there. Yeah, the one thing that, that that's that's weird about being a wrestler in the big time, um, I actually got to wrestle uh, James Ellsworth in Green Bay last year, and he told me I have earned a WWE tryout because I helped him out so much. Yep. Uh, so I'm just hoping next time he contacts me, I'll be able to go down there and have a tryout. Uh, but I've gotten to wrestle people such as Ricky Morton. I've wrestled James Ellsworth. I've met a lot of big big names. I've got to tussle around with Chris Masters, JTG, um, John Morrison a little bit. Eric Bischoff. Bischoff. So, you know, it's like it's basically I've gotten to wrestle with some of the bigger names, play around with the bigger names. But but uh, AEW is, is one of the uh, the bigger promotions out there okay. in That's ways. the reason why mm-hmm. they were on television. Yep. Um, the, um, what fascinated me was, like, the old adage uh, from way back, um, people would say, oh, wrestling, that's all show, that's all fake. Uh, not necessarily. No. Uh, you guys actually can get hurt. Yeah, pretty bad up on the ring, and I was watching some of that, and I think more so than anything is that what the routines that you go through uh, are kind of like orchestrated, specific, you know? Yeah. They have to happen a certain way, otherwise, yes, you will get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I was watching some of the, uh, I don't know, I don't know if they do body that anymore, but yeah. uh, it's where... Uh, the guy flips him over his back, yep. and then he lands, the guy that's being flipped, mm-hmm. lands on his back. Yep. A suplex. Is, body. Is, that, is that what that's called? It's either suplex. a body slam or a suplex. Okay. That has to be orchestrated just right, mm-hmm. because with the amount of weight that the guy has, that he has to fall on his back, that has to be distributed perfectly. Um, it's almost like 
I've got some office work to do here, so I'll sit in the studio here for a while. Honey. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a quick little commercial break. Uh, we're going to go to our guest, and we'll be back after these messages. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She's going from one air to the other. She is beautiful. She is a radio personality, so you can't really see her, but everybody wishes we could. She is Stacy Sturm. Hey, how are you doing? Great. How's it going there, Stacy? Good to have you. Good, good. Yeah, everything's going great. You know, I just, uh, I, I flew in just a couple minutes ago and landed. So I'm like, I, I hope I'm like, I'm making sense with everything I'm talking about tonight because it's been a day, it's been a day and a half. Well, I, was wait- I was waiting for you to say, I just flew in and man, my arms are tired. Sure, my arms oh. are tired. I was going to use that. And I'm like, no, I'll just, somebody else is going to finish that for me. So I'll just give it that. Well, you know, it, it is it is uh, it is one of those things we like to do. Uh, cheap uh, uh, sweat socks and cheap pops here on the show. <laughs> there you go. So here's how we're gonna do this, uh, Stacey. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, ask you a few questions. Then we'll do a roundtable, and then uh, we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the cover question. But first off, we'll do a little background about yourself, and then we'll we'll have some fun. Okay, that sounds good. So go ahead, give us a little background about yourself. Okay, so a little background about myself is I worked in media, just kind of in general for the last, I don't want to date myself, but it's been 30 30 years that I've worked in the media between radio and TV and newspaper. And um, I worked most of my career on the radio and worked for corporate radio. And then it was about 2008, I decided I didn't want to do corporate radio anymore. I wanted to venture out and try something that I saw was coming down the pike, something new and exciting with internet radio and podcasting. And so I left uh, Clear Channel at the time and then started up my own radio station. And it was the first in the state. And I, it, was, it was a blessing and a curse because, you know, when you do something new, you have to be the person that works out all the bugs first the person that is like the trial and error and usually the person that does it, that gets the least benefit from when that takes off. Um, but also too, then it was, it was really an exciting time and to see how media's changed and um, how podcasting's really taken off and internet radio and, and, you know, like social media things. And so it's just such a crazy time. I'm kind of glad I, I was ahead of the curve and I got to keep up on that. Um, and so I've been running my radio station now since 2008. So we had our 15th anniversary, our 15th birthday, whatever you call it, um, <clears throat> last uh, April. We, we launched well, on April Fool's Day. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I'm okay. going to introduce you to my first partner, and I'll introduce you to my second partner. The cool thing is you and one of my partners here uh, have a lot in common, and I cannot wait to have hear the uh, little interaction between you uh, two. It's going to be great, and it's going to be okay. what they would call 
superb radio. So now you uh, you decided to leave corporate radio and uh, go in and venture on your own. Was that uh, was that a difficult transition from corporate to doing your own thing? It it really was because I really did love traditional radio. Like that's man, that's where my heart is at. But unfortunately, traditional radio it doesn't exist anymore. Like traditional radio as we know it. It's just not a thing anymore. Corporations have gone in, and I feel like they've just kind of stripped it apart, and so it's not as special as it used to be. So I do miss traditional radio the way it used to be, but I don't miss traditional radio the way it is now. So, it, But it, it was scary because I, you know, luckily I'd kind of made a name for myself here in town So I, since I'd been on the air for so long, so I could use that as a launching pad and try to convince people that, no, trust me, internet radio and podcasting and all of these new media sources and everyone's going to be listening on your phone. And they didn't think I was crazy because I'd been around doing this for so long. So it was a little bit easier because I had some notoriety. But I'd say for the first three years, I just did nothing but educate people on, like, all my clients and potential advertisers on how to listen to the internet radio or how to make a podcast. It was so much education that I didn't really get to enjoy a lot of it. And so um, it, it was kind of hard, but I'm, I'm glad that I did take that leap. And so I'm ahead of the curve and kind of setting the, the standard and setting the trends instead of having to run and catch up to it. Uh, Stacey Sturm is our guest here. We've got about uh, 28 minutes with Stacey. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to introduce you to, because uh, uh, my second partner, uh, the big guy, I know this is going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot, a lot of uh, interaction there. So I'm going to introduce my first partner first. He's going to ask a question. Then I'm going to introduce you to my big guy, and then we're going to come back to me, and I'll ask you some tougher stuff. So, uh, okay. Nightmare, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, NSE World Tag Team Champion, and soon to be all out around the United States. been paid for by the New World Order. NSE World Heavyweight Champion and Rudo's Promotion Allweight Champion and honorary <laughs> member of the New World Order. Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. And no ego at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> so if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you said you've done traditional and then you've been able to do stuff on your own. Excuse me. Have you had – what is one of the strangest interactions you would say you've ever had, whether it be like on radio, if you were talking to like a strange guest, or what was one of your like – strangest experiences uh, learning through the process of being on radio and stuff? Oh, gosh. I don't know if you have enough time on the show. Um, I want to <laughs> say there's been – I've had some crazy, crazy weird interactions, um, like I just just crazy things during my radio career, both traditional and now um, my latest endeavor. It, it's I, – I don't even know if I have enough time for a story – but I would say as far as, like, switching from um, traditional radio to Internet radio, um, a lot of it, uh, people for a while would, uh, the question I got all the time was, can you show me how this works? And people would hand me their electronics, 
and I would have to use their electronics to show them how Internet radio works. And then when they started to get on smartphones, which we knew was going to be a thing, that smartphones were, were kind of really starting to take off at that time, people would hand me their phone, and they would be like, hey, can you make this, put this on my phone? Can you show me how to use this on my phone? And so I would have strangers stop me on the street, and they'd be like, hey, Stacy, I have a question about your new radio station. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's the question? And they hand me their phone. They're like, you need to put it on there. Can you put it on my phone? And I'm like, Yes, yes. And then I'd ask the questions about their phone, like, and they, they never had any answers. So it wasn't unusual for me to go to Target and then be stuck for half an hour in an aisle just trying to program someone's phone so that they could figure out how to get my radio station on it. And then, of course, I'd ask them, well, hey, do you know your password to download this app? No, we don't know that. So then we'd have to, I'd have to stand there and wait while they get their password, like retrieve their password so that they could download things. It was just it was an absolute, it was just a weird experience um, when we first started. But now everybody gets it. Everybody has an apps on their smartphone, and it's easy now. But, oh, God, back in 2008, it was just a disaster trying to show people how to, how to access us and how to use us. Gotcha. That's awesome. Stacey Sermons, I guess, here. we got about uh, 24 minutes. Now, I wanted to introduce you to uh, my other co-host. Uh, and uh, I think you guys have a lot in common. Uh, would you say they're uh, engineer? Tell, tell her what you do, and then uh, you guys can uh, have a little conversation. we got 24 minutes, but go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, this, this caught my attention right away. Um, I am also the owner of right now. Um, and my history goes back to, like, the 70s uh, when I went to school for radio. I tell you what, I agree with you 100%. Radio is not what it used to be. And uh, once the foot dropped from the FCC in 1995 with the Telecommunications Act where everybody could buy everybody else out, that meant a corporate takeover of our industry. And all of a sudden it changed from being an interesting entertainment medium to a one-size-fits-all corporate medium that really is nothing more than diarrhea on the FM band. Excuse my language. (laughs) But our radio station, it was started by three people. Uh, I'm one of them, and I'm the one in the, uh, the group in the corporation that has the most radio experience. So, as you can imagine, I'm the guy that pretty much wears all the hats. But uh, we started building the station in 2012. Uh, When you said 2008, well, we were online at that time, too. We just had a studio, and that was about it. And uh, we streamed the uh, station through our laptop. And that's how people listen to the show that I produced on a Saturday night. But uh, as and grew and grew. Um, we are now 100,000 watts, and uh, we are full power FM. We are non-commercial educational, so obviously we have to adhere to those rules. But by the same token, um, we have really garnered a huge listening populace now up in the upper Midwest because of what we're doing. And what we're doing is really not corporate. Uh, you're listening to a radio station that plays 60% new music. Um, 
local artists and musicians, they will come down into our studio here and play live for their peers and for everybody else. We record the performance, and then we kind of cherry-pick the best tracks from the recording, and we filter them into our playlist throughout the week. So what you're getting is a whole different ball game than what corporate radio is giving you. My impression of corporate radio, and you can kind of chime in on this if you'd like, my corporate, my, my, my impression of corporate radio is that uh, because you have one organization responsible for hundreds of stations, that means that you have pretty much one person in control of the music and the playlists for all of those stations. And you have one person, be it in Chicago, New York, or whatever, he gives you a playlist of like 300 songs that are researched and are telling you that, here, you play songs over and over and over, you will be number one in your market. And unfortunately for me, I don't think that has ever worked, especially in a smaller media market. I don't know where you stand there, but... I think that uh, original programming like what we do is uh, much more interesting to people nowadays than the corporate one-size-fits-all uh, that you're getting now. Yeah, um, I do. I agree with you 100%. I never understood that whole testing music where they used to test music out on audiences before it would actually make it to the to the air. And it, like, they'd play you the first 30 seconds of the song is basically what they would do. And um, you'd say whether you liked it or you didn't like it. And it, and like you said, yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And the crazy thing is when you're talking about how things have changed, the, the charts aren't even like a thing anymore. The thing that's really deciding what it, people are listening to for music now is social media, TikTok. I think TikTok has brought the most artists like on to mainstream radio than I think any uh, like A&R rep probably in a long time because people are hearing these songs now on streaming either for, you know, bumpers for TV shows or commercials or it's on TikTok um, as a back against, for, you know, for the, for videos. And so people just, and, and we used to have a shared experience back in the day. We were all, like you said, basically forced to listen to the same music. And so we would all, everybody in high school listened to the same stuff when I was in high school because that's what everybody played. The radio stations were very limited on what they played. And so we all kind of had that shared experience of, of things that we would listen to on the radio. And that's how people became, that's how, like, Bon Jovi became a megastar. Um, that's how a lot Aerosmith became a megastar. We don't have that anymore, really, in music. If you look at how fractured everything is, it's crazy. The times have changed so much now that radio stations don't say, these are the seven artists we're going to play now in heavy rotation. Well, they do, but nobody cares anymore. Nobody's, nobody cares about that. And people are listening to things on Spotify and iTunes and, and on TikTok and they're listening to music everywhere now, and things are so fractured that my kid will play artists, and I'll be like, oh, that's really good. Who is that? He'll be like, so-and-so and so-and-so. And never, ever, ever heard of them. And I work in radio. So it's just kind of crazy that 
kids and adults and everybody's listening to different stuff and because they can do their stuff now. They're not being fed certain artists or certain music. They can listen to, in the morning, they can listen to a country playlist. In the afternoon, they might want to go back to their hair band playlist. At night, they might want to listen to some new music and new things that they heard on TikTok. So everybody's experience just in listening and consuming music now is so much different than when I first started in radio, which is great, but it also is hard when you're running a radio station to try to figure out what you're going to play when it's, everything is so open now. But, I mean, it's, it's good. I like where it's going. But it is hard to figure out what you're going to program and how you're going to program things because everything's so different now. Right, you you still remember how you got your first radio too, don't you? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I remember when I first started in radio when I was in college, like the magic you felt when you walked into the radio booth and the radio station was just teeming with salespeople and program directors and shifts that, you know, people that were doing their shifts and people doing production. And it was such a big, huge deal. Like you just felt the electricity. It was just so much fun. And now it's kind of sad when you walk into a lot of these radio buildings, they'll have one person basically running, making sure the voice tracking is going through for all the radio stations. And so you just don't have that energy and excitement anymore that used to be when, you know, you got to be the first person to play the song or you got to be, you know, this or that. Like a lot of people don't even do live shifts anymore. You just put your voice in and then you let it run. And I get it. It's just the way that it's what happens when, you, you know, technology advances. But it is kind of 
it was kind of magical back in the day to have that experience where you walk into the radio station and, and you're like, oh, I get to play these songs tonight. This is my shift. It's so exciting. And then the pressure of not being able to mess up, like you're like, oh, I don't want to mess up on the air. So you had to nail it. Like now a lot of these, these uh, influencers and people that do, you know, videos or do podcasts, they can just record over and they'll stop and record and edit and take out all the bad stuff. But you had to be on it. You had to be good. You had to have an actual conversation and not mess it up when you were back in radio. There was no do-overs. There was no recording it. You just had to go live and, you know, whatever happened, happened. It was truly live radio. And uh, when you were on live, if you made a mistake, it was over and done with. You had to move on. And that was one of the things that radio school taught us was that uh, don't stop. If there's something goes wrong, if you're turntable breaks or your cart machine breaks or whatever, move on. Don't stop. Because people tune into the radio expecting to hear something, not dead air. But uh, in reference to your 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 comments about uh, how radio has evolved, um, most of my background is in engineering. And so I've built a number of radio stations over the years and uh, renovated and maintained a lot of them. Uh, one of the saddest things that I ever saw was one of the old groups that I used to work for back in the 70s uh, when radio was a lot different called me back to do some uh, uh, server engineering or something like that. Uh, it was for a big conglomeration and they had owned these uh, few stations and uh, wanted me to uh, do some updating and so I showed up, and there wasn't a soul in sight. Nothing. Yeah. And it was computers running everything. There was nobody live. And it's just like, how can this be a local service to the community when there's nobody? And I think that's what, uh, that's what took me the hardest. And I realize that uh, that's the state of the game these days. Um, you know, everything is automated. Everything is uh, uh, pre-programmed and all of that. Um, you're lucky to have live radio programs. Uh, I often say on my show on Saturday nights, it's the only live interactive radio program you're going to find on the FM dial in uh, the upper Midwest. But that's true. And it is a great show, too, by the way. People enjoy it. I, uh, uh, I have frequent uh, uh, live guests in the studio, and uh, they'll play live for you. We uh, uh, get them to set up, and then uh, we do uh, a sound check and all of that so that they sound good when they get on the air, and then we record them. But the worst thing is, is that we get to talk to them. You get to talk to live people. And uh, sure, you can say, well, this band plays this song, this song. They're known for this. All that sort of thing. But the big thing is they're a person. And you get a chance to talk to them as a person. And I try to ask questions that are not your standard. Well, where are you from? How did you get your name? You know, I'll ask them that. But more so as I dig into their personality, I can come up with different questions that give the listener broader perspective of who the band is and what they are. 
we have some incredibly talented people in this community. And just to be able to get a few of them down here in the studio to talk to them is just a real experience. And I think that quadruples the value of the show just by itself. If you can get live people on the air. Yeah, I agree. I feel like when they took the interaction, the live interaction off the air between the disc jockey that was doing the shift and answering the calls and sometimes recording funny bits with the listeners and, you know, playing requests, I feel like that's when the value of local radio really went down is when they started getting rid of people and started doing voice tracking and automation and, you know, all of a sudden now I'm doing a, a live morning show, but then I'm also recording for a shift in at a, for a Minot station, and then I'm also recording a shift for a Dickinson station. And so it's like, it's, it, and I wasn't there, and I had no interaction with the listeners. There was no reason to invest in radio anymore as far as, like, your heart and your soul. There's, there was really no reason to invest in the talent. Like, I, I think that I still have people stop me on the street and say, hey, I remember when you did this on the radio or I remember when you had your baby and they called you and you did the morning show from the hospital. And, you know, like the listeners were your friends at the time, even though you never met them, they felt like they were your friends. And now the listeners just became bystanders of a passive kind of a medium. And I, I think that was really what, when radio started to decline is when you lost that, human interaction between the disc jockey and the listener. Well, that's just it. Uh, one of my favorite DJs from back in the 60s, um, Wolfman Jack, had a comment one time, and he said that uh, um, computers will never be able to replace people because people are the soul of the radio station. And even though a computer may be picking your selections and things like that, it's the DJ that is putting them together into something that has a meaning or a feeling, and just letting a computer run a station, uh, a computer is like AI, it has no soul. Uh, Stacy Strum is our guest here, we got about seven minutes here left with Stacy. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, this is an interesting conversation. You know, like I say, you, uh, I knew, Ken, that you would, uh, you'd have a lot in common with our guest here. And, it's, you know, it's not, uh, it wasn't something I set up, just so you know that. I, I, you know, uh, I, I've been talking to Stacey for a long time to get her on the show. But, you know, I just kind of figured that you guys would really hit it off and you guys would have so much in common that it would be uh, a little great interaction between the two of you. Now, i got to ask you guys both one thing. We got, Like I said, we've got about six minutes here left. Uh, I'll ask Stacey first and I'll ask Ken. Stacey, what is your favorite thing about doing the radio that's not corporate? You know, I love it because I'm in charge, it, it, so it's easy to make changes. So if 
somebody comes to me and says, hey, I really want to do a bunch of segments on, I don't know, bullying. Let's just say my friend Ezra, who you were talking for, one of my good friends, Ezra Tuolo, who played for the Packers and the Vikings, he's, he's a good friend of mine, and he could come to me and say, hey, I want to do a, a week, like a segment every day for a week or two on bullying, and let's interview some guests, and let's do this, and let's do that, and I, 100%, I don't have to check with anybody. I'll be like, you're right, Ezra, no problem. Let's do it. Let's do something. You call in at 10 o'clock. Let's do something at 10 o'clock, um, and there's no time limit. Like, if we want to talk about bullying for two hours, we can do that. If we want to talk about it for just two-minute segments and interview somebody, we can do that. It's just I love the flexibility and the, the fact that it's different every day. Like, people approach me because we do get to do some of the fun out-of-the-box kind of things. They approach me with crazy promotional ideas and crazy promotions and crazy fun things and crazy fun topics. And so every day is a little bit different. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, what in the, like, I look back on my career and I'm like, holy cow, what in the heck, like the crazy ride that I've set up for my life. I, I don't think I'd have it any other way, but I love the fact that since we, we are locally owned and we can do whatever, we can do everything between social media and between the actual radio station. We have audio and video at our, at our disposal and we have, um, ground, like we can, we can do uh, grassroots promotions like we did back in the day if we really want to do it. We just have the flexibility to do whatever we want to do, and boy, do we use that and do some crazy things, and I just love it. Uh, Stacey Strummers, I guess here we've got about four minutes left here. Uh, so we don't forget this. Stacey, if our uh, fans want to check you out and see you, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? I do. I have all those. So on Facebook, um, my public page is Stacy Sturm, but then um, you can also find me as Stacy Lynn on Facebook. Um, and then also too on Instagram, I am also on as uh, Stacy Sturm. And then on TikTok, I run a couple different TikToks, but I don't personally have my own TikTok because I am not that person. I don't. <laughs> I do TikTok for my clients. But I am not the person that is just going to, like, do a dance or do stupid stuff. On I, I keep that stupid stuff to myself. I don't feel like the whole world needs to see just how stupid my life is. So I don't have my own personal TikTok. I just have one for the um, – and, and URL Radio, too. You can find URL Radio on Facebook and on Instagram and um, – uh, also on YouTube, we do have a YouTube channel where we put a lot of our old shows from, um, from like our old podcasts and old shows. We do put those on our YouTube channel so people can watch those and listen to those. You know, Stacey, we could never get you down here to Fargo. We uh, definitely have to uh, have you in the studio with us. Would you, uh, we can get you down here. Would you be willing to co-host one of my shows with us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't get to Fargo a lot. I do have a kid that's going to college in Fargo. He's going to NDSU right now for teaching. And uh, my parents live there, too, and so and my sister does, too. So we do get to Fargo occasionally, maybe two, three times a year. Or if there's a good concert. Like, I, went, I was down there for Pink. Um, that was a great show. And uh, so, yeah, so I get to Fargo probably two or three times a year. 
Well, I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll uh, keep uh, we'll keep uh, tabs together on that. Because uh, one thing I do, I was going to ask you, uh, and we'll we'll save it for when you're on. But uh, all the different pictures that you have on Facebook, Grant. One thing I'm just trying to figure out, and don't answer it yet, because we'll ask it when uh, we'll have you answer it when uh, you're uh, on studio uh, in studio with us. We want to find out what your actual hair color is. <laughs> You'll never know, sir. You'll never ever know. All right. Well, you have been awesome. We love you, and thank you for being with us. And uh, we'll definitely have you in studio with us. And uh, we can introduce you to our our buddy Ken here. And uh, everything will be great. And then everything will be fun. So we love you. Thank you for being with us and taking time out of your schedule. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Stacy. All right, Stacey Strom, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, Ken, that was a fun interview, was it not? Yeah, and we will talk to another person who is a person. They get a feeling of what they went through. And that would be awesome. And here's one thing, and I know I've been promising this for several years now at this point, but uh, one thing that we got to do is uh, I'm going to have you as a guest, just you. Uh, I will... Uh, uh, set up a block of time, and what I want to do is on our show uh, talk about the history of uh, you, uh, how this started and everything, and, uh, you know, I, and I think that will be fun, so uh, we'll definitely do that. Would you uh, be up for that? Absolutely, sure. All right, and, uh, you know, the other cool thing is, uh, real quick here, because uh, I know you got uh, uh, actually uh, station stuff to do, tell everybody how they can hear you and your show. Ooh. But, uh, uh, Modern Rock Worldwide used to be called Manchester Avenue, and the reason why we named it Manchester Avenue because at that time, Manchester, England was the hotbed of a lot of new music, uh, the big bond, and uh, infiltrating uh, listeners here in the United States. That's really where a lot of the uh, interest came from. Um, it has the same time slot as it did before. Um, the owner of the station back then would only give me midnight till 4, Saturday night into Sunday morning to do my show. And I said, well, that's fine. Uh, I'll take that slot. I'll take whatever I can get. And then uh, I started playing alternative music back in those days. And all of a sudden I started getting a huge audience. And that audience has actually kept with me all these years to uh, where our home is now on Ken's FM. All right, awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, we got to take a little commercial break. Our next uh, guest will be with us. Uh, are you able to hang out, or you got to do all your uh, business stuff? Paperwork. All right, well, I'd love to help you with that, but you you probably want to get paid. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Ken. We will definitely have you on with us again, as always. All right. Well, thank you. All right. So we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us, and we'll be back.
ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is our second guest of the night, and she is an actress, and she is the pride of Hollywood, and she is the reason why every project she's been in has been the best in the business. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you right now, she's known by three names. Her name is Catherine Hollis Peters. Hello. This is Catherine Hollis Peters, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Mondays on 89.1 Kins FM, with your host, the icon and also the modern nightmare, Matthias and the Big Swing. So how are you today? Good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. We appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll uh, have the uh, modern nightmare ask you a few questions, and we'll come back and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But before we do that, we want you to give us a little background about yourself. Sure. Uh, You know, I call myself the pivot master because I have pivoted three times in my life from a fashion designer in New York City to wellness and then into the world of acting. But I started as an actor, as a child. So sometimes life comes full circle, and now you will find me on the red carpet. You'll find me on Instagram. You'll find me on TikTok. Um, And it's just such a pleasure. I live in Hollywood, and, yes, I'm so happy to be here with you tonight. That's awesome. And uh, we'll talk about some of the projects that uh, you've been involved in and some of the projects that uh, you're that'll be your that are coming up and uh we'll have we'll have a lot of fun with that uh like for instance you've been in uh some of the projects that you've been involved in are uh good side of bad uh my partner matthias knows about that uh blood and water special delivery spellbound babylon that's an interesting one uh two of everything and uh traffic stop and uh Babylon, tell us how did you get the hooked up with Babylon? I know you're, uh, it's, you know you're listed as a party guest and uncredited, but you still got to be in Babylon. So how did you get hooked up with that? Yeah, that is the only project that I did where it was agreed upon that I would be featured, but they were not going to. They had such a huge cast of over 700 people, so they were only crediting the. Uh, speaking parts that were extensive. And so we had that agreement going in. But Damien Giselle um, selected all of us in the scene, and it was just done through a casting director who reached out to me and said, I think this is an amazing opportunity for you because you'll be interacting with Margot. And the plan is that you're going to wear this, like, mink stole. She's going to pull it off of you, and then she's basically going to throw food all over you. Are you in? And I said, yes. <laughs> It'd be my pleasure for Margot to throw food all over me. So I was fortunate enough um, to step into something that turned out to even be better than I thought. We shot for three days just for that one scene, and it is the food fight scene, which I think is one of the most fantastic. And I just want to say on that note, you often will see Margot on the red carpet or in interviews, and she seems delightful. She is that delightful in real life. She kept throwing her her drink or her food on me and saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, because we have to do the scene over and over, of course. Um, but, yeah, it was just it was such a delight being part of that project and being personally directed by Damien Chazelle, and the cast was tremendous. So that was the one time I did it, and it paid off. So uh, it, it's kind of cool that uh, you actually got to be in a film, you know, with Barbie, 
you know, also uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, you uh, there's a, there's been a, there was a lot of uh, stars in that in that, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, but you yeah, know, having, and they were in that you know, scene. You, they were all in that scene that I was in. Gene Smart, Toby McGuire, Brad Pitt. So you get lucky. You just sometimes never know when you accept a part. You know, and there's not too many people that can say uh, that uh, they've had food thrown at them by Barbie. <laughs> True. <laughs> now, let me it was my pleasure. Question. Now, when you when you were on the when you were, how long were you on the set with uh, uh, Miss Robbie? So with Babylon, we shot for three days, and in acting, um, once you pass a certain amount of hours, you go into something called golden hour, which is very lucrative Lucrative if it's a very long day. And these were very long days. We got there at 5.30 a.m., you know, makeup, wardrobe, and prep, and then you finally got to your scene, and then you would do another scene. And Margot was there for, I would say, a good 80% of it because she was the main character in that scene. So she worked harder than anyone I have ever seen. And uh, it was great seeing Brad and, and some of the other actors, but they weren't um, as prevalent in that particular scene that I was in. So I got more exposure, especially getting to interact personally with Margot, which was amazing. So now when you, when you say interact, was it, just on, uh, was it just on set during the scene, or did you guys get to hook up in catering and, uh, you know, say, hey, you know, I loved you as Harlequin, or, uh, you know, you're awesome in I, Tanya, or was he just basically like, may, may, I, uh, may I get you something else to drink or something like that? You know, as an actor, and I can speak to this, um, you know, we love to be friendly, of course, but when you're in a scene, you really want to stay in your character. So even if you're going for a quick break, you don't break your character. And that role was so demanding of her. I understand that she did not sleep, you know, for days because she was supposed to be in that kind of manic um, character. So it would have been kind of inappropriate to be like, hey, how are you? But she was just so kind, and, and the interaction we had was certainly on set. And then they would whisk her way to her trailer and we would go where we would go. But yes, in that particular, I would probably have not said anything because I wanted to watch her masterful creation of that character, which was phenomenal. Uh, Catherine Hollis is our guest here on 89.1 Guest Seven. we got the 21 minutes here. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to, um, uh, we need to uh, play a quick little uh, legal ID and then uh, I'm going to introduce you to uh, my co-host, and then I'm going to ask you the really tougher nail-biting questions, okay? I'm biting my nails. I'm ready. All right. One second. And we are back here with Catherine Hollis, and uh, we got 20 minutes. Uh, now, Matthias, uh, you, uh, you you've been uh, involved in, as we talked about on the show many times, like you've been in uh, you've been body slammed on Legos, thumbtacks, uh, barbed wire, you name it. But have you ever been in a food fight in the ring? Uh, actually, no, I have not. That is one thing I have yet to do in the ring, but that would be very messy, and I don't think the promoter would very much appreciate it if that were to ever take place. 
So what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and current NSC World Tag Team Champion, soon to be all-weight champion for Rudo's promotion and NSC World Heavyweight Champion and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. Uh, being a wrestler that I am, uh, I tend to, I interact with a lot of different people. You know, you meet a lot of different characters and a, a lot of different people from a lot of different areas and stuff like that. Have you ever met somebody throughout your career or worked with somebody in your career? And you don't have to name names or anything or get too personal, but is have you ever experienced somebody that, you just thought to yourself, like, beforehand, after you, when you were starting to work with them, or right after, you're like, man, I, I hope I never get put on a project with them again, or is there anybody that just kind of didn't really vibe well with you, I would say? <laughs> you mean my worst nightmare? Um, let's see. You know, here's the thing. I think that like attracts like. So I've been really fortunate because I'm in Hollywood, and it is what it is. And you are, you know, you're swimming in the sea, and there's lots of sharks out there. But honestly, I have been so pleased that I would say 99% of the people that I work with, actors, producers, directors, casting directors, have been kind, have been generous. Um, I also think it's the age that we're moving into. So, you know, things were different back in the 80s and the 90s, and um, I think it's softer, a little softer now in, um, in this day and age. You know, I'm not going to say that there hasn't been a director that hasn't challenged me, but I look at every opportunity and every challenge as growth. So I just want to get better. And I know when you talk about on a personal level, nothing's personal. You know, when you get on set and you have somebody that is working with you, they want, they want to bring out the best in you. So from a set perspective, I would say that, yes, there are some people that are tougher than others, but I always look at it as an opportunity to learn and grow, and I just try to deliver the best that I can. Makes sense. I'm trying to think of something else that kind of is relevant to ask. Um, now, don't you want to ask her about, uh, you know, working with uh, Harlequin and how you like to have Harlequin as your manager? Well, I mean, I mean, it is kind of cool that you got to work with uh, with Margaret Robbie and stuff like that. Uh, when you get to work with with somebody, um, well, I guess I will ask you this because you kind of did mention how you didn't want to, you know, bother her or really in the situation that you guys were, you know, placed in. And that's kind of the same with with being wrestlers and stuff like that, where basically you're just one in the family until you know, until the curtains are down, the, the lights are off, the show is over, whatever. And then you kind of just, you know, get to interact with somebody. Um, have you gotten to do many of that with, with very popular actors? Like, after the show is done, you guys get to go sit down and talk? Or has it kind of just been, like for me, for instance, most of the time when the show's over, I kind of want to just pack up and hit the road? Or have you gotten to interact with many uh, celebrities and, you know, sit down and actually get to know them? Like Toby McGuire and Flea? <laughs> you know, I would say... Um... The best opportunity, and it's for actors or non-actors, is when you can go to a Q&A, things are a little more, they're less chaotic than when you're on set, 
And a Q&A usually follows a premiere or a screening of a movie. And, yes, you need to get invited to that. But there it's a different vibe. And so, yes, I've been fortunate to um, be surrounded by Emma Stone. And they have my picture made with many people. You'll have to go on Instagram and TikTok, and you'll see them all. Uh, I just got back from a wonderful film festival, which was in Palm Springs, the Palm Springs International Film Festival. All the greats were there. Everybody that was on the Golden Globe was there. And most of them I got to have my picture made with. So that was a quick chat, a hello, nice to meet you. In some cases, they were like, I love your dress. But, you know, small talk, because that's really as far as you can go. William Defoe was there. I mean, the list just keeps going on and on. But you're just going to have to go on social media to check out who I um, got to, you know, be, um, I would say, up close and personal with. And on that note, I am headed to another wonderful festival, Sundance Film Festival, that starts week after next, and again, that's where you can really meet and greet and have a good time with the stars, because you're just all the same when you're in that kind of an environment. When you're on set, different story. Exactly. So you got to rub elbows with both Spider-Man and the Green Goblin? <laughs> yes, sirree, and more. <laughs> I, you know, I, I am, I am actually, I'm very jealous of you, uh, you know, because you know, you, you, you hit, you, you, you are the big time. We know this, and you, now you're on our show, so your, your career is just going to even go even further because you've been on the show. Ah, I love that. I'm so happy you guys brought me on. Well, I got to ask you about. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and uh, I'll. I'll uh, I'll, I'll stop drooling over myself here because uh, of all the cool people that uh, you've been involved with. But let's kind of talk about some of your uh, upcoming projects that uh, that you got going on. Uh, let's see, The Color Truth, which is in production, and uh, we get our information here from imdb.com. So if any of this information is accurate, fire them, not our producer. Uh, it's, according to this, uh, you got three projects upcoming. You got uh, Golden Child, where you're you're another party guest. Uh, apparently, you you they. You should win an Oscar for being a party guest because you have been such a good one. Uh, whatever it takes, and the uh, color of truth is great. Could you t- uh, are you able to talk about any of those, or do they have to kind of stay under wraps for it all? Um, well, everything has to stay under wraps until something's released. But I can certainly talk about uh, my television spots because there are four or five of those. And you know, it's interesting as a as an actor. I personally love TV because when you can be um, on a set and you're reoccurring, you know, you have something that's happening over and over and over again. Now, when you book a film, I've got two films, one that I just finished, another one that's coming out, neither of them that I can talk about. Um, and both of those you shoot, we shot for about 12 to 15 days. It's cramming your script as fast as you can. You know, you get it done, and then it releases, and that's, that's kind of the nature of it. I will be able to talk more about it on TikTok. That's usually where I put all my social media that's more acting-oriented. Um, of course, Facebook, you know, gets to grab a little here and there, and then Instagram as well. But, um, yeah, I show some of my clips right when they're coming out. Um, on TikTok so people can see it as it's happening. But until we get the green light, we can't really talk about it unless it's already happened. Well, then that would uh, bring me my next question. Can we have you back on the air with us at some point? Of course. 
And, you know, I'm also going to the Grammys, which is very exciting. So I'll have lots of stories to tell you after um, the Emmy party where everyone that's getting their Emmy is going to be there and the Grammys, and I'd love to share because it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I love it. I love acting. I love the craft. I love bringing stories to life. And I love just um, having a good time with these incredible creators. So now uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then I'm going to bring Matthias back on here in just one second. Now, wh- when are the Grammys again? I should know, but wh- when are the Grammys? And now, will you be going there the the day of, the day before, or will you be out there for a whole week? Yeah, so the Grammys are on the 4th, uh, I believe. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I think they're on February 4th. And I actually had to get permission to stop shooting early so that I could attend the Grammys because that's the music awards. And everybody in the music genre will be there. And for me, um, that's new and fresh and different because I'm not around all those musicians on a daily basis. So that will just be fun. I'll be like a spectator while I'm there. Whereas when I go to something like the Emmys or the Oscars, you're working. You're working the red carpet. You're making connections because that's my craft. So I'm excited to attend the Grammys. It's one night. It will be fantastic. But, again, it would be, you know, of course, Getting that invite is tricky, but once you can get an invite and get in the door, um, it's like a kid in a candy factory. Uh, Yeah, the Grammys are Sunday, February 4th at uh, 7 p.m. in Los Angeles. Now, uh, Matthias, uh, now, Catherine, I know that when you're at the Grammys, you're probably going to need a bodyguard, so can me and Matthias come and be part of your security detail? (laughs) I love that. A heavyweight champion on one yeah, – of course, the answer is yes. <laughs> I was going to say on one arm, I've got two, two – I'm flanked by two amazing men. I love that. And he, he'd even have all his belts with him, too. So if someone tr- comes to try to charge you, you just whack, it, whack him with your belt, his belt. There you what go. What do you think, Matthias? Would you be down? Well, I mean, if I've got all four pieces of my, 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 my babies around me, if I've got all four of my belts with me and – you know, a great opportunity to go and get more famous and be around famous people and be around cool people. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. That's awesome. So now, say when uh, I'm sorry, uh, Catherine. Sorry. When you uh, when you uh, go to these different award shows, and one of the thing that is synonymous with all award shows is the outfits that they wear. Do you have uh, do you have a, a dress picked out? Do you have a designer that called you up and said, "Hey, I hear you're going to the Grammys. I have this uh, seven thousand dollar dress I want you to wear." Tell us about that. Sometimes it works that way, and sometimes you're scrambling to find someone that happens to have that dress. But more often than not, there would be a person through a stylist who would say, "I'd like to have this dress on the red carpet. Can you get, you know, Catherine to wear it?" Um, it all depends. I don't know what dress I'm wearing for the Grammys, so we'll see. I have a couple of friends that are designers, and I would love to have one of their outfits on. But it definitely makes a, a big difference. I mean, you got to get your hair. You have to, you know, the wardrobe. There's a lot that goes into getting ready for one of those events. Um, and your stylist kind of puts everything together, and then you've got your publicist who gets you there. So, yeah, it's a bit of a production. Uh, Catherine Fuser gets you. We've got about eight minutes here left. Uh, so we can do this here real quick. If our fans want to uh, check out CG, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I have all of the above. I would say that I primarily post on Instagram on a daily basis and TikTok once or twice a day. TikTok is going to be more video-oriented, red carpet, et cetera. 
um, a little bit of my acting scenes, and then that kind of rolls over into Instagram. You know, Facebook I somewhat reserve for personal, although I am on there. Um, so I, Twitter, I have not embraced Twitter yet. I've just not gotten into it. Doesn't it have a different name now? I don't even know. But, um, yeah. I think it's called X now. X, okay, the big X. Well, there's an X with the X because I haven't tried that yet, although I probably should. And I would just say Catherine Hollis Peters. You go on anything, including IMDb. If you want to know what I've been up to in life, what's coming up for me, what I'm working on, you just type in Catherine Hollis Peters. The full three names is what I go by. And the problem is, you know, there's so many ways to spell Catherine. So it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. No E's, no I's, just K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. And you can find me on social media under those three names, Catherine Hollis Peters. And you know you're at the right place on IMDb because you'll see the most beautiful blonde I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, you're so kind. I wouldn't go that far. I am going to be in Hollywood Magazine. that's coming out um, in a couple weeks, so that's another place. I'm sure I'll be posting that as soon as we get those copies in hand. And for those of you who listen to our uh, our show on a, on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Follow the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways, maybe an uh, autographed uh, magazine, maybe? You are going to get two things. One listener will get an autographed magazine. Now, that's not going to be out for a few weeks. And the other That's person fine. will get a black and white glossy of the cover shot signed. So those two things will be coming your way. I just can't release them until the magazine's out, and that's coming out in a few weeks. Sure, that's cool. Uh, we got about uh, five minutes here left uh, with uh, Catherine Peters. Now, I'm just kind of curious. Now, when you go to – how many different award shows have you been to? Oh, goodness. There's so many. You know, there's so many award shows. And then there, I would say that I'm out and about between red carpets and screenings at least four nights a week. And I'm a homebody. That's, like, not my typical thing. But as an actor, this is just part of your job. You're out there to market. You're out there to network. And so it just has to become, you know, part of what you do. So I can't even count how many award shows. I guess I'd have to go on my Instagram and go through and look at or the Getty images, you know, and count how many of those. So, and that's kind of the thing, like when you go on an award show, Getty um, usually will photograph you, and then you can go back and document how many award shows you've been on. So it's not like, uh, so it's not like, a, like a Forrest Gump thing where he said, well, you know, I got invited to meet the president again, so I went, and I met this, and I had dinner with the president again. So, so it's not like you got an invitation to the Grammys or the Emmys, you know, like, well, I got another invitation, so I'm going to go again. It's not like that. It's just a great experience. It's a different experience every time, right? Absolutely. And the reason for that, like the Golden Globes last night, every single award show has a different opportunity to showcase new talent or different talent. So who you're going to see on one and who you're going to see on the red carpet at one is going to be completely different, even if it's the same show the next year. So that's why I really love it. And people are kind and generous. And you can meet and greet at an award show a little bit easier than you can on set. So that's a nice place, especially if you get invited into some of the kind of VIP parties. 
Uh, we have uh, Catherine Peters, our guest here. we got about uh, four minutes. One other thing I do want to ask you about uh, award shows. Uh, how do you – do you know exactly who or where you're going to be sitting at the award show? Like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't ever want to sit next to Will Smith, but uh, is, do you ever find out, like, where you're sitting or who you're sitting next to? Well, I don't know if any of you watched the Golden Globes last night, but there were a couple of actors who had to walk from the very back to accept their award. So it's so overwhelming who's invited to these shows. And so often you're sitting nowhere near the stage. You're often very, very far in the back. At Palm Springs, I was right in the middle. It felt great to be there. Um, But you just don't know. I mean, you're, you know, it's all done. Your publicist is involved in those conversation and obviously if you're getting an award that would be different you'd be more you'd be closer to the front but it was interesting that so many of the actors at the Golden Globes they weren't right at the stage they were in the back again they didn't know they were winning and I guess whoever uh, was putting together the tables didn't know they were winning either but yeah you do not get to choose you're just happy to be there and and you never know if you're going to be on tv or not either right uh, no, you're probably not going to be on TV. But, you know, as an actor, it's more about, like, getting the films or getting the TV shows and then bringing your best forward. So it is fun to kind of be at an award show and, you know, be in that glamorous environment. But what's more satisfying to an actor is actually booking a job and then delivering an amazing performance. That's awesome. Now, one last thing here. What is your favorite thing about uh, being being on a reward show? Well, I would say um, it's, again, every opportunity in Hollywood is about networking. It's not about the limelight because you're on TV or you're in film, so you that kind of does get old. I mean, you've seen yourself maybe, and sometimes actors don't even watch their movies because they're like, okay, I don't really want to go there. Um, But when you get to go to some of these shows or you're on the red carpet, I see all my friends in the industry. It's a great networking opportunity. We have an amazing time. We might meet new people. So when you're in the industry, it's a little bit different. You know, I remember being, like, big-eyed and, like, wow, you know, the first time I went. And then after a while, it was like, okay, this is awesome. But it was more about who do I want to meet and why. And oftentimes, that's a friend. And uh, we, we have uh, Catherine Hollis-Peterson, guys, here. We've got about uh, uh, 120 seconds here left with uh, Catherine. And I, I hate to keep asking about war shows, but it's just so fascinating. What is the, what is the, what is the better part, the uh, pre-show or the after-dinner parties? Well, the after-dinner parties are fun. You know, we just had an amazing one at the – the Palm Springs Film Festival. And at the after party, everybody's just hanging out. So you can go up and you can have more thorough conversations, more intimate conversations. When you're at the show, that's not really the case. It's kind of like being on set. But when you're at the after party, everybody has finished what they needed to do and they let loose, and that is the time to meet and greet and have an amazing time. And uh, when uh, when you're at these... And we, we we got about sixty seconds left. When you're at these and uh, you uh, you get invited, it's like I cannot wait to come back next year. Or are you like, well, I'll tell you what, th- this is now past. Now I got to concentrate on this one. 
you know, our publicists handle all of those arrangements. And I love going to the show, the award shows. I love going to the red carpets. It's just a lot of fun. But when you have a movie that comes out and it's a premiere and you get to be on the red carpet for your film, that is the most meaningful of all. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Catherine, you have been so wonderful, and I will uh, be in touch with you because you actually given me your phone number, uh, and I promised uh, to start calling you at a decent time instead of, and I'll, I promise you I'll figure out what a time zone is, I promise. Uh, but you have been so awesome and just a treat, and I'm glad that you're able to be with us tonight, and you are so cool. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so happy that I got to be here as well and look forward to another chat. Sounds good. Thank you, Catherine. Take care. All right. Catherine Hollis, ladies and gentlemen. Catherine Holland Peterson. Peters, sorry. Uh, Matthias, that was awesome. Wouldn't that be great to be on her uh, her detail for being a bodyguard for her? Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be fun. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to need to take uh, one more commercial break, and we will be back after these messages. So stick with us, and we will be right back after this work. down the aisle. As a matter of fact, she might even be riding her motorcycle down the aisle. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you at this time the lovely and beautiful, and she knows all about the open road, she is Gina Woods. (laughs) Hi, guys. How are you? Great to be on. Oh, my God. How do I even follow up, Catherine? Wow. Was she great? Well, I'll tell you what, she was awesome, but uh, now you need to steal the show. Now it's your turn. Well, I really want to thank you so much. This is Gina Woods with Open Road Radio, and I cannot believe that you guys are actually, I I am not like all these stars you have on, but thank you so, so very much for having me uh, this evening. It's great to talk to you guys. How are you? Happy New Year. Great. Well, I'll tell you what, we're glad that uh, you're with us, and here's what we, we got. Uh, we got plenty of time with you, and we're going to have a lot of fun. But if you want to do that little liner here real quick, then, we'll, uh, then, we'll, then we can do the interview. Yes, absolutely. So um, I downloaded it, and I'm unfortunately uh, I can't find it. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, gosh I, darn it. I can be texted to you if you'd like. Yes, could you please do that? Thank you so much. And yeah, I am so. I know it says, Hi, I'm Gina Woods. And oh my gosh, I put it on my, hang on. I put it on my uh, Facebook. So let me grab that really fast. So sorry, guys. I didn't know where that was supposed to come. Hey, this is Gina Woods. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Mondays on 89.1 Kens FM with your host, the icon, and also the modern nightmare mouth. 
I'm so glad to be a part of you guys. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's how we're going to do this, Gina. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then uh, we'll go to the Nightmare Matthias over there, and then I'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher question. But first off, we need you to give us some background about yourself first. Oh, my gosh, guys. <clears throat> Been doing Motorcycle Talk Radio for 27 years. We just celebrated our 27th on uh, January 2nd, uh, 2024. And... Um, not sure I'm like all of your other amazing interviews here, but, uh, you know, in motorcycle industry, uh, we're pretty big. We've, we've done a lot. Uh, we've been around. We talk a lot about uh, motorcycle uh, entertainment, education, and um, pretty well known in that realm. Um, they have a lot of, know a lot of great motorcycle um, actors and actresses. And um, so maybe that kind of coincides with your world as well. But, uh, yeah, we, we've been at it for a while. It, it's a, it's an amazing industry. I absolutely love it. Um, been working hard at it. Used to go to uh, knock on doors, you know, um, uh, feet on the ground. And now I can kind of sit back and call people up and they say, yep, just send us a just send us the promotion. We're a part of it. So we've kind of made sure that we're we're in the industry. We're well known, and uh, you know we are just riding into 2024 hot. We're coming in hot. So I appreciate that you guys are having us, and happy New Year to you and all of your listeners. And with that being said, I just got to know what kind of bike do you have? What your Harley is that? <laughs> Why do you think it's a Harley? <laughs> well, I just kind of guessed. Okay, so it is. So it's a forty-nine pan head, and uh, you know that's 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 pretty old. Uh, it's a kickstart only. So uh, she has uh, ridden across the country with me, and you know she's broke down in several places. I'm kind of like a MacGyver. I've fixed her on the way, or or. Fixed it uh, through friends. Uh, um, back in the day when I first started riding her, she, we didn't have cell phones. So uh, I've been at this for a minute. <laughs> and that might age me a little bit too much. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to ride a motorcycle across country, let alone just anywhere on the back roads of America in the uh, country fields. Uh, um, through cities and states, uh, you know, it is just a, it's a amazing therapy. It's freedom of the world. It's, uh, it's certainly a, uh, it's something that I hope everybody gets to experience once in their life. And I guess with that being said, you must love Sturgis. Well, you know, Sturgis is pretty gosh darn big. And, um, Scott, it's it's amazing. There's a lot of people that come to it um, from all over the world. I mean, literally, from um, you'll get them from Germany and, and uh, Australia and New Zealand and uh, Switzerland. I mean, there's literally everybody. It's kind of a melting pot, if you will. So it's a great time to meet with friends and meet unexpected friends as well. 
And we're, we're going to talk a lot about uh, your show here, uh, The Open Road Radio. We're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, before we do that, I want to introduce you to my co-host. He's the modern nightmare, Matthias. Now, Matthias, I do believe that you'd love, uh, if you could, ride a bike to the ring every single time you wrestle, right? Well, you know, I mean, with uh, with certain superstars, you know, you really don't want to, you really don't want to uh, portray a different kind of character. I mean, you could, uh, I just don't want to get called on gimmick infringement. Uh, but there are a couple of uh, people I could think of that have went down to the ring on a bike, and I mean, with the tiny venues that go on, that's a lot of noise, that's a lot of fuel, that could be very dangerous if I'm driving a bike down. Uh, during my entrance, I mean, it'd be cool, but I'm definitely not an undertaker, nor am I a road warrior. So, I mean, I, I could be, but I just don't want to get sued for gimmick infringement. Well, you'd definitely be better than Triple H. Don't forget that. Well, I mean, he drives a, th- it was a three-wheeler. It wasn't even a real bike, but <laughs> that's another story. Uh, I'm going to get you on a bike. <laughs> I would love to get you on a bike. So what question you got? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSC World Tag Team Champion and soon to be NSC World Heavyweight Champion and Rudos Promotion All-Weight Champion and honorary member of the New World Order Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. Now, um, as we've already kind of discussed, I do travel uh, quite a bit, as you have too on your bike. Um, I've only driven in cars. Uh, I've never really experienced a motorcycle uh, firsthand. I mean, I've gotten to when I was a kid, but I've never really traveled on a bike going places um, but I've traveled thousands upon thousands of miles in a car. How, how would you compare? I mean, I'm pretty sure you've driven a car before in your life, but what what is it like between driving a, a car versus on a bike? What, what's like? How do you like? Do you feel different? Like, what, what's the the different environment? I would say between a car and a bike. That's a great question, and I really adore and love your. Uh, persona in your profile. Oh, my God. You, you're just rocking. You're rocking the world. Um, so driving on a, a, a riding on a motorcycle is amazing. So, you know what? You get uh, you get all of the elements. You know, as you're going down the open road, you're getting all the elements of you're getting um, birds chirping and, and, and the wind and the smells. You know, it, it's so much different than a car because you're experiencing it firsthand, you know, without, say, if you're in a convertible, right? So, obviously, you can re- relate to that. Um, and, and that's just how magnificent it is. But yet, it takes it one step better because you're on two wheels. So, you're actually um, motivating this to uh, being a little bit more uh, um, in control on the road. You can you can swerve a little bit. You can... Uh, you can jump it a little bit. And, you know, not something that's like on four wheels, but two wheels, which is just, um, you know, there's nothing like it. There's really not. It, it's it's such a amazing motivator. You know, as I said, like the smells, you're really going to grab that. Um, 
and the wind in your face. You're not going to get it unless you're a dog with your, your, your head out the window in a car or you have a convertible, period. <laughs> That's really about it. Makes sense. <laughs> right? So it's such a freeing, uh, it's such a freeing, fantastic, uh, um, feeling. And then, of course, you know, when you get into some traffic, you can kind of either move along a little bit easier or bypass. And, uh, you know, so there's definitely some opportunity, uh, riding two wheels rather than four. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my, my brother uh, used to ride his bike quite a bit, um, but unfortunately with uh, certain circumstances he's had to unfortunately sell his bike. But, uh, yeah, it, it was something I was always interested in in learning, you know. I mean, you, everyone learns a different thing uh, throughout their life. And, I mean, if I ever could, uh, it would be kind of cool to go down on a, on a bike to Sturgis. Uh, but with current uh, situations, I can't just, you know, drop money on a bike and, and go places and stuff with this economy nowadays. But if I ever could, it'd be yeah. something kind of cool that I would, uh, if I could ever, I would, uh, I would be very interested in doing. Sure, right on. So, what are you thinking that would, what would your be, what would your favorite bike be? Uh, well, I mean, I've never really dug into motorcycles a lot, um, but uh, the Harleys, I, I've, I've been, of course, you know, typical Harley guy. I'm just trying to think of, there was one bike, um, I just can't remember, like, it, when Icon takes over, if I, uh, if I can find it, I'll, uh, I will say it, but yeah, there's like like there's cool bike designs. Like uh, for instance, I know a guy. Uh, of course, he has his own a TV show, but uh, bike or counts customs up in Vegas. He made a he made some pretty cool bikes and stuff. So like if I ever if I ever did get a bike and I could modify it a little bit, I do one of his customs because then I could do it for a ring entrance if I ever did like a big uh, a big uh, ring show or something like that. I think it'd be pretty cool, but. Like I said, if I, if, if Icon talks and I, I find my favorite, I'll I'll let you know. Wasn't that oh bike God, from Kiwi's Big Adventure? <laughs> Wasn't that what bike was from Kiwi's Big Adventure? Of course. Uh, I, oh, I was yeah, from, right? He rode. I, yeah, I mean, I would love to have a bike like that, you know, with the missiles and all that stuff. Exactly. Oh, my God, so... Unfortunately, he just um, he left us this year. Um, but man, he was really big in uh, the the uh, scooters. You know, the scooters and and uh, in motorcycling. So I just heard you say Las Vegas. <coughs> Excuse me so much. Um, and we have a radio show in uh, Vegas, and we would love to have you come out there. And as soon as you're able to, we will make you. Ride a motorcycle, whether it's a motorcycle or a scooter or a Vespa, we're gonna we're gonna line you up. We're gonna hit you up with uh, with something that'll be very comfortable for you. Awesome, and uh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I'm actually going up in the end of February here, but uh, my 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 cousin is actually trying to uh, get me to spend a little extra cash, and I know it's it's very expensive. Uh, it's like five like for what he wants to do, it's like five hundred and fifty bucks, but. You get to drive a legit NASCAR down a track for five minutes, and uh, for 550 bucks, you get to drive uh, for five minutes down a, rail, a racetrack with a with a legitimate NASCAR, and then you get like photos and videos of you in inside and out of the car, 
and then you get uh, autographs from like Richard Petty and stuff like that. So I may I may take uh, may take up an interest in that, and then after that I'll resort to the two wheel. That is so cool. So that's the motor, um, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and they are doing that. They're doing like a uh, a Richard Petty. Um, I, I know they do it here in Chicago as well. A Richard Petty um, experience. So you get to go around in uh, a NASCAR, and they're also doing that. Uh, just to let you know, my one of my co-hosts out in Vegas, she rides her motorcycle around that track. They have like once a year. They have the um, they have it open for motorcyclists to be able to do that. So she signs up to do that with her Bling Divas motorcycle group, uh, uh, ladies, uh, all ladies uh, motorcycle club, and really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. They they make it so uh, available and such a great experience for people. You know, whether it's NASCAR or motorcycles, it, it's all good, right? Four wheels or two wheels, we're in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Like with Vegas, uh, I got to do a lot of cool stuff back when I was when I was about five years younger. I went to Vegas for the first time, and this will be the second time. But I mean, a lot of people are like going there to gamble and stuff. And I mean, I'm there jumping 855 feet off a building. I'm driving NASCARs. <laughs> I'm I'm doing all this other cool stuff. And other people will just sit in a casino and gamble for hours. And of course, I gamble a little bit of money and lost it but i didn't care like I, I was in the i went to the titanic museum i did the saw escape room i jumped off a building i got spanked by a little person i was i was all <laughs> over the place i had i had a, I had a dream and uh and i i and it was a cool experience and you know you don't just do the typical kind of stuff you kind of try to get out everything that you can and when my cousin mentioned it, he's like well it's an extra 550 and i'm like well I'll think about it with this economy and the the money that already gets dribbled out with many bills as is. I'll have to. I'm going to deeply think about it. But I got one more hour to think about it before I have to tell them. So. Hey, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Uh, that that's true. That's true. But uh, but the 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 lady friend may not uh, agree when I come back with debt. But I guess we'll see what happens when. That oh, my God, for real. Um, but, yeah, there's so much, you know, I used to go to Vegas just like what you said, you know, just to gamble and do the thing because it was kind of very placid and very, you know, that was, you know, that's that's what it was. But now I've got a radio station there, and Vegas is like a whole new place for me. It's like friends and family and co-hosts, and, you know, now I'm like in the background of Vegas. I don't even think the last two times that I've been to Vegas that I've actually been on the strip, you know, because I'm out there doing the riding with them and being in the radio station and, and doing the rides and, and going places that are kind of a little bit off the cusp, you know, not for, like, the, the, the tourist person. So, yeah, it's really been awesome, like, the last couple of years since we got the station there that I don't even go on Main Street so much anymore. And it's just like, wow, this is like real Vegas, you know, when you see the back and you're and you're living it absolutely and and it's like like you said it's been it, it's definitely grown and it's been more i guess i would say it's kind of even gotten a little more kid friendly which which is nice especially if you want to bring like your family out there but of course you know if you really want to have a true vegas experience you'll go without the family and the kids but um i mean it's just you know a lot of people go out there to party and stuff like that but it's like me 
I'm looking to do anything and everything I can. And, of course, you spend a lot of money, but, of course, the memories you can make will last forever. And the it's almost like almost a once-in-a-lifetime thing because a lot of people don't get to go to Vegas multiple times or, you know, they'll get the one trip and they'll make the best of it. Exactly, and that's how I was. I mean, many years ago, you know, when I was when I was younger, in my thirties and forties, you know, you'd get to go maybe once a year, and it was like a big deal, and that was with the gambling and the, the crazy stuff and the wild stuff, you know, and like waking up, you know, with a, all your clothes on in a different place or something, you know, it's just crazy fun stuff. But then, you know, it, it's just changed over the years for me, and it's so it's so cool to see the different dynamics. Like you see all the great things, you know, like the Pawn Stars, and you know all, all the things that are really have uh, uh, the ink. Uh, uh, what's your name um, from uh, the Ink Show um, Tattoo Show? Um, darn it! I've got. I've got two of her books. I can't remember her name. And, you know, so it's just so cool to have lived both of those parts, you know, where it's like um, like totally uh, just public with all the wild and crazy Main Street stuff and then really kind of being in the background of it and living it and going from, you know, place to place, uh, you know, going to your different, I've got sponsors out there, so I go visit them, and, uh, you know, we go out to eat uh, for, for, for breakfast or lunch, and, you know, usually it would just have been, you know, staying in the casinos and partying, and, you know, so it, it's really a neat dynamic. Vegas is a, a really great place. Yeah, and then uh, one last question, uh, pretty sure Icon wants to, wants to get back on here, but... I believe you said uh, something about Chicago. Now I'm not if I'm if I'm I've got concussions out the wazoo here, so my brain's a little uh, dingy. But <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you you said that you've done radio stuff like in Chicago, but of course now you say you got your studio out in Vegas. Has there been like and I know Chicago and Vegas they can be two different places, but like did you find yourself? when you were in, like, Chicago versus, like, in Vegas, you go to all these different cities and stuff, do you, like, do you tend to keep your, your studio or where you do radio, like, in the main area, like, the main place, or do you, like, tend to try to go out of the city, but, like, it's still in that basic area? So, all of the above. So, I do live in Chicago. We have a radio station in Chicago. We have a radio station in Vegas. And then we are live um, on YouTube and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn and Roku. So, um, we do do it from Chicago. We have a live studio. And then um, I do some stuff, like right now I do some stuff from my home office, uh, which is our Monday night show, which is kind of fun because, you know, it's winter now, and as soon as I start riding my bike, because, you know, we only have like six months of riding, not like the people in Vegas have a year-round, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it really depends upon the weather, but, yeah, we are uh, we're based out of Chicago, and we have studios in uh, Vegas as well, so they pick up our feed, and now we're able to, you know, with the uh, innovation of all this uh, amazing streaming uh we're able to do it straight from our radio station or from my home office, 
in uh, Chicago, we're able to stream it right on to our Vegas station, our Chicago station, and and everywhere else. So yeah, like all of the above. I I I'm in Chicago. It's getting ready. We're hunkering down. We're gonna have a huge uh, snowstorm here in the next uh, 48 hours, and nothing like Vegas. So yeah, I, I wish I could vicariously. Uh, you know, be there myself, <laughs> but, uh, it, it, exactly. you know, the wonderful world of technology is amazing. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, because, as you said, you, you you live in Chicago, you work in Chicago, but then, of course, you almost got that opportunity where it's like, yeah, you know, I think something's broken in Vegas. I think I'm going to go there for a couple of days, you know, and really make sure everything's working well and it's kind of a little bit of a... Yeah, yeah, i got to go check that out, like, right away. Yeah. Like, get me yeah, on the next exactly. plane. Yep, exactly. I, I can't I can't let it sit for too long. It, it could be an emergency. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we do have an event, event in uh, Vegas, and uh, we have an event coming up in Vegas in two weeks, and I will be out there. Um, the Mika Motorcycle Auction, which is huge in Vegas, and uh, so it'll get uh, hundreds of thousands of people, um, and that's at the South Point Hotel. So we will be out there. Um, Mika is one of my uh, favorite sponsors, and we do a live broadcast out there every year. So, yeah, you know, we, we kind of get um, a little bit of both worlds. And as you asked earlier, um, we do try to do live broadcasts, not only in the studio, you know, which I can do every week, but I, I like to get out, and we've been doing that for 27 years. We'll go to Sturgis and do a live broadcast. We'll be out in Bike Week in Daytona and do live broadcasts. Um, go out to uh, Vegas anytime I can. I got my girls in the studio out there. We have a radio station out there, K-Shop. And um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's all about reinventing the radio show. As you guys know, because you're doing amazing stuff with all of these wonderful people um, that, I, that I've been listening to, um, you know, it's all about reinventing where you can be and what you can do because these days technology has allowed you to um, transform and broadcast from almost anywhere. You know, back in the day I wanted to broadcast from this um, from this uh, uh, cruise that was called the High Seas, and now they're doing it all the time. This was 20 years ago, and you, you didn't even have a signal on the, on the beach, let alone – you know, in in bum heck um, middle of the ocean, and now you, you, there's a signal everywhere, so you really can do a live broadcast anywhere. And I try to get out and be with people. You know, I want to be with all the all the fans or listeners or um, you know people that just aren't even expecting us. You know, because the motorcycle people are amazing, and you know, there's a big loyalty there. So. Um, we try to get out and about everywhere we can, and we got a lot of plans for 2024. That's awesome, and try to promote as much as you can, like you said, and, and you get all these cool events, and, you know, you never know where you end up next. Like you said, you got a signal everywhere, and wherever wherever life takes you, if you've got an event somewhere, you got a motorcycle event, and you've never been there, well, strap on up and, and get up there and, and, and have a blast and promote yourself and just keep on, keep on, keep it on, basically. Isn't that right? Yep. Stay on the open road, baby, and keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Gina Woods, our guest here. We've got about uh, 13 minutes here left with Gina, and uh, now we're going to talk about, we're going to ask her some of the tougher questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> anyway, here we go. 
All right. Anyway, we got uh, Gina Woods here, and uh, now we're going to have some fun. And uh, so we don't forget to do this here. Uh, if our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Well, we've got uh, two Facebook pages. You can go to Gina Woods uh, on Facebook. You can go to Open Road Radio. We've got a YouTube, Open Road Radio, and Gina Woods. You can go to LinkedIn, uh, Gina Woods and Open Road Radio as well. Um, there's it's an Instagram. You know, I, I've got to tell you guys, I am so busy. Um, I, I'm not doing a lot of Instagram or TikTok, but we have a girl that just came on board with us, Danielle, and she's amazing. So she's going to be picking up our, TikTok, our, uh, our Instagram. And uh, yeah, you know, in this day and age, guys, I want to tell you, uh, it started this 27 years ago and it was just radio only. Bam. Radio and magazine, right? Uh, that was really comfortable. <laughs> These days you really got to, uh, you got to, there's a lot of fish in the sea. You really got to put a lot of effort into uh, doing all of it because, you know, it's all important. Social media is, is amazing, and uh, it's amazing for all of us. So we are, uh, we're still striving to, to, to hit all of those, uh, hit all those places. And I believe we also have a nonprofit, All Kids Bikes. We do. So we do All Kids Bikes. We do the Her Project. All Kids Bikes is amazing. So what they do is um, we hope to talk to people that would like to sponsor, um, you know, putting 20 to 25 bikes in any certain um, uh, school district where we can um, give like a, a – a, kindergarten class, 25 bikes, just to get these kids going. Um, they're, um, they're pedal bikes only, and uh, it, it's amazing how you see these kids because, you know, they took out a lot of the recess or, or arts or, or gym in, in classes, and, you know what, we just want to put that back in there, and we want uh, people to be self-sufficient, but encourage these young kids to really enjoy PE and gym again. And that's what that's what All Kids Bikes is all about. It's an amazing group of people out of South Dakota. Um, and we love them. We've been brand ambassadors for them, and, and they're doing huge differences in schools. So if, a, uh, if someone listening right now wanted to reach out, they have like a school district, and they want to... Uh, they want to have you uh, help uh, some kids get bikes. What would they need to do? Oh, please, please contact me, Gina, G-I-N-A, at openroadradio.com. I would love to set you up with a school district in your area um, that maybe you could sponsor or help to get uh, somebody that could sponsor. And all we want to do is with All Kids Bikes, we get a sponsor. I've got a couple of different um, sponsors that have uh, already put uh, – 25 to 50 bikes in different uh, Chicagoland schools. And, you know, it's just, what a difference. You see the glee, uh, uh, smile on, on these children's faces when, you know, it, they may not, uh, their families may not be able to afford a bike, um, a bicycle, and um, it, it's an amazing feat. It really is. 
And one thing I, I do want to ask you about, you know, they've had a lot of, uh, like Matthias talked about, uh, you know, accounts customs. You know, they've had a lot of shows over the years that have talked about uh, building bikes, like Monsters Garage and uh, Jesse James and the Tuttles. Uh, what, what do you think of uh, shows like that uh, and uh, those kind of bikes? I think they've really helped the motorcycle industry really step forward. And, in fact, it's so funny that you just brought that up because I just talked about that in my show uh, about uh, uh, two hours ago on Open Road Radio that um, – uh, Jesse James, Billy Lane, and Paul Tuttle are coming out with uh, Outlaw Biker, but it's really um, Outlaw TV, I'm sorry, and it's really um, a show about hands-on, what they're doing, you know, for the industry with hands-on, like uh, building bikes um, by hand, and they're showing their, their own skills, uh, welding and fabricating and um, I can't wait till this launches. It's supposed to launch uh, at the end of this month. I think that those types of shows have pushed the industry forward. Um, you know, everybody loved American Chopper with Paul Tuttle. Oh, my gosh. You know, for many years ago, uh, Discovery Channel had um, Biker Build-Off. I think it really helped the industry, but I think it got a lot of people. So I was on WCKG in Chicago back in the day then, and um you know, we were 24-hour, 50,000-watt uh, major TV or uh, radio station, and we would get a lot of people that were traveling through Chicago. It was on a Sunday night, and um, people would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, I used to watch that. I, I watch that all the time, that uh, Discovery Channel. And, you know, I think people, it brought people in that, didn't have a relationship directly with motorcycles, but lo- liked to live vicariously through the stories, whether they were the craftsman stories of the of the men um, building the bikes and their craft, or riding free, you know, the message of, uh, you know, being able to ride free or have that free feeling. And, yeah, I think it, it was a, it was a different time and it was fun and it was enlightening and, um, I think people really enjoyed it a lot, and I think it's kind of a retro now, and I think it would be very um, open, and um, I think it would be very welcome again today at this time. You know, another thing I really like about, uh, another show I really enjoy, you know, I'll, I'll get your take on this, is um, the Amer- the American Pickers, how they they. They find old bikes, and they talk about the history of the old bikes that they find. Oh, my God. You are talking my language. So, yeah, I just interviewed Mike um, and his brother a little while back on Open Road Radio. So, Micro, um, or not Micro, I'm sorry, Mike and um, his brother and the Who Pickers uh, people are just so amazing. They brought so much they were at the Mecham last year, and we had a great time with them. Um, you know, they brought so much to not only, like, antique finding and all that stuff, which I've always been a fan of, but, um, you know, antique motorcycles. It's been amazing for um, my cultural my co- uh, culture and uh, antique motorcycle cult- uh, culture 
you know, they find antique bikes. Um, they find so many different antiques anyway, which I love. You know, how many people were glued to that show for so many years? But they really did. They go to Davenport every year, Davenport Motorcycle Swap Meet, which is really huge during the Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, they show up. They talk to people. They walk around. They shake hands. Great people. It, it's, yeah, that was definitely one of the huge um, purveyors and uh, – um, motivators in the industry as well. You know, it's funny because you see like these different, uh, maybe 2000 was like the biker build off and, you know, Jesse James and he's coming back around and, um, you know, the pickers and, you know, it's just kind of evolved. Um, the cannonball, uh, motorcycle cannonball run, which they do across. Um, so there's, there's so much antique motorcycle stuff going on, and there's, you know, great motorcycle shows everywhere, baggers, and all of these new um, loud sounds, you know, with the baggers, with the loud, loud music. Um, they say if it's too loud, you're too effing old. Well, <laughs> it's getting a little loud for me, but, uh, you know, uh, no, it, it's just a wonderful sport. You know, I love it. I, I absolutely love the motorcycle industry. I've been in it for a long time, and it's a great, met a lot of great people, know a lot of I should set you up with some. Um, Tom Berenger, a uh, great motorcyclist. Hey, I'll tell you what, if you can if you could hook me up with Roger Dorn, I would be well, I'm already in forever in your debt, but if you could hook me up with Roger Dorn, I would be forever uh, I, 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 would, do I would that. I, I would will do that. For a month. Can you do that? I will do that. Well, uh, hey, I'm I'm going to hold you to this. This is recorded, so I'm if you I want you to hook us up with Roger Dorn. I know you're going to. <laughs> yes, I will. And you know what? That's what's so cool about. I mean, look at Brad Pitt, um, Jason Moya. Um, there are so many stars, uh, movie stars, just celebrities that ride motorcycles, which is so cool. Winona uh, John. I mean, there's so many. I don't know if everybody knows, but so many people that um, ride motorcycles in, in the Hollywood um, arena that probably people don't know about. I mean, look at Elizabeth Taylor. She was famous for, for riding motorcycles. Um, and what was her guy's name? Oh, what was his name? Um, oh, the big guy. Oh, gosh darn it. James I'm not gonna be able to No. No, well, obviously James Dean rode motorcycles. Um, oh shoot, older and, man. And, uh, is... I know a friend. Of, I know a friend of mine is listening right now. Of course, Marlon Brando. Yes, of course, Marlon Brando. Um, James Cagney, I understood, rode in, in a couple of uh, different movies. Um, oh my gosh, there's. I wish I had a list for you right now in front of me. So many people. And Margaret. And Margaret Road. In fact, she was in a couple of those B movies <laughs> that were motorcycles in the early days. Oh, my gosh. 
Uh, we have uh, Gina Woodson, I guess. Here we got about uh, we got about two uh, two minutes before our uh, theme music plays. But you know, I'll tell you what, uh, Gina, I, I, I will I am going to stay in touch with you. And uh, if you could hook us up with anybody, especially Roger Dorn, uh, I've always wanted to ask him about my favorite movie of his. Well, two of them, Major League and Disorganized Crime. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, I will, uh, and I promise I'll stop calling you at 2 in the morning if you can do that for us. <laughs> you can call anytime. <laughs> no, I definitely would. I would love to do that. And you guys have got something really great here. I'm so, uh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be a part of it. And I can't wait to uh, be more involved. And, yes, I'd, I'd love to uh, throw you some names and get you involved. And I also want to uh, see about hooking up our community with uh, your bike program. I know a great uh, elementary school here that could use that. So uh, I'll be in contact with you, but I want to thank you for taking time on your schedule to be with us tonight. You are awesome, and thank you so much. You guys, thank you so much. Congratulations. Keep doing the great stuff that you're doing. Love listening, and uh, really appreciate that, that you've had me on tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gina. We love you. Take care. All right, baby. Bye-bye. All right, Gina Woods, ladies and gentlemen. we got about uh, three minutes here left. Uh, Matthias, you going to be here with us next week? Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. We'll all right, just don't get injured in the ring, all right? Uh, I, won't, I won't try to. All right, and, uh, well, as, as you always know, uh, we're here every Monday night from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time here on 89.1 Kins FM. Uh, join us every night. Be safe, love each other, care for each other. And remember, it's not goodbye. It's just good night. So uh, until next week, we will see you all then. Be safe, and we will be here for your entertainment every week. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will be back next week. Thank you.